welcome to The Daily Bite. I'm your host, Pastor Steve Andrews. Today we read from Jeremiah chapter 41. In the seventh month, Ishmael, the son of Nethaniah, son of Elishama, of the royal family, and one of the chief officers of the king, came with ten men to Gedaliah, the son of Ahikam, at Mizpah. As they ate bread together there at Mizpah, Ishmael, the son of Nethaniah, and the ten men with him, rose up and struck down Gedaliah, the son of Ahikam, son of Shaphan, with the sword, and killed him whom the king of Babylon had appointed governor in the land. Ishmael also struck down all the Judeans who were with Gedaliah at Mizpah, and the Chaldean soldiers who happened to be there. On the day after the murder of Gedaliah, before anyone knew of it, eighty men arrived from Shechem and Shiloh and Samaria, with their beards shaved and their clothes torn, and their bodies gashed, bringing grain offerings and incense to present at the temple of Yahweh. And Ishmael, the son of Nethaniah, came out from Mizpah to meet them, weeping as he came. As he met them, he said to them, Come in to Gedaliah, the son of Ahikam. When they came into the city, Ishmael, the son of Nethaniah, and the men with him slaughtered them and cast them into a cistern. But there were ten men among them, who said to Ishmael, Do not put us to death, for we have stores of wheat, barley, oil, and honey hidden in the fields. So he refrained and did not put them to death with their companions. Now the cistern into which Ishmael had thrown all the bodies of the men whom he had struck down along with Gedaliah was the large cistern that King Asa had made for defense against Basha, king of Israel. Ishmael, the son of Nethaniah, filled it with the slain. Then Ishmael took captive all the rest of the people who were in Mizpah, the king's daughters, and all the people who were left at Mizpah, whom Nebuzaradan, the captain of the guard, had committed to Gedaliah the son of Ahikam. Ishmael the son of Nethaniah took them captive and set out to cross over to the Ammonites. But when Johanan the son of Kareah and all the leaders of the forces with him heard of all the evil that Ishmael the son of Nethaniah had done, they took all their men and went to fight against Ishmael the son of Nethaniah. And they came upon him at the great pool that is in Gibeon. And when all the people who were with Ishmael saw Johanan the son of Kareah and all the leaders of the forces with him, they rejoiced. So all the people whom Ishmael had carried away captive from Mizpah turned around and came back, and went to Johanan the son of Kareah. But Ishmael the son of Nethaniah escaped from Johanan with eight men and went to the Ammonites. And then Johanan the son of Kareah and all the leaders of the forces with him took from Mizpah all the rest of the people whom he had recovered from Ishmael the son of Nethaniah after he had struck down Gedaliah the son of Ahikam, soldiers, women, children, and eunuchs whom Johanan brought back from Gibeon. And they went and stayed at Geruth Kimham, near Bethlehem, intending to go to Egypt because of the Chaldeans. For they were afraid of them, because Ishmael the son of Nethaniah had struck down Gedaliah the son of Ahikam, who the king of Babylon had made governor over the land. This is the word of the Lord. Seventh month. Not much time has passed here. It was only the fourth month of the year when Nebuchadnezzar had made the breach into the walls of the city of Jerusalem and his army had declared that victory there. Nebuchadnezzar sets Gedaliah up as governor and three months later he's executed. He's killed. That's our picture here. So that came off of yesterday's chapter. Johanan had warned him that Ishmael was seeking to do this to him. King well, sorry, Governor Gedaliah had not listened. Ishmael being of the royal family, um, so being of the blood and lineage of King David, might believe in that Second Samuel promise 
from chapter 7 that somebody from David's descendants would sit on his throne forever and might see Gedaliah as an outcast and might be seeking that throne for himself. At least it would seem to be until you get to the point in verse 10 where Ishmael is taking all of his captives and he's taking them to Ammon. He's taking them on a new exile to a new land. So he has made himself an ally of a different king altogether uh, and in, in doing so has really declared war against Babylon. That's what we're seeing here in today's text. So Ishmael brings ten of his men. They come in peace, apparently, to Gedaliah. They eat bread together at Mizpah, where Gedaliah is living and ruling over this people. And then, as they're eating bread together, as they're having a meal together, Ishmael kills him. Not just kills Gedaliah, kills all the ones that are with him, uh, the various Judeans, but also the Chaldeans. So he has killed not only the man that Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, has appointed to rule this land, and he has killed some of the people that are now under Nebuchadnezzar's charge, and he's also killed some of Nebuchadnezzar's soldiers. That sounds like war. Come to verse 4. On the day after the murder of Gedaliah, before anyone knew of it, so the word hasn't gotten around yet, 80 men arrived from the cities of Shechem, Shiloh, and Samaria. Before we get into these men themselves, let's look at the cities. These are three important cities in the Old Testament history of God's people. You can see much that happens in Shechem, uh, many events. Shiloh is the place where the tabernacle is going to dwell for 300 years as the place where God would dwell with his people. And then Samaria is the capital of the northern kingdom of Israel. Now, all of these places at this point are under Assyrian, well, now Babylonian control. But they had former great importance for God's people. And so you might be able to do that with the kids. You know, have you heard of these cities before? Can you remember what, why these cities are important or were important? Now, these men... Their beards have been shaved, their clothes have been torn, and their bodies have been gashed. These are all various signs of grief and humility, although they're not all good. Shaving the beard is certainly a, a sign of grief. It is not something typically done by God's people. He usually forbid them from doing this, and so this is not one that you normally would see. The tearing of garments, that's probably the most common of these three. And then the the gashing of their bodies is certainly one never commanded by Yahweh in the Old Testament ever. But it is one that some of the pagan faiths around Israel were doing. You think of the time where Elijah has the contest against the prophets of Baal and they both build an altar at Mount Carmel to their respective gods. And Elijah lets the prophets of Baal go first. They set up their altar. They put a sacrifice on it. They're calling for Baal to respond and to consume their offering. And after a while, they start cutting themselves as a means of seeking God's attention, as a means of trying to get God to pay attention to them, hear their prayer, and respond. So these Judeans are doing the same. They're coming down to the temple, which at the moment still stands. They're coming down to this temple, 
in order to worship Yahweh, but they're worshiping like they would worship a pagan god. They're not worshiping him in the way that Yahweh has given to be worshipped. So this is not good. Anyway, they come, and Ishmael goes to greet them. He misleads them. He invites them to come into Mizpah and come see Governor Gedaliah, who he's already killed. And once they get inside, he kills them too, except for ten of them. And ten of them basically barter for their lives, saying, Look, we've got all this food. It's just hidden out in the field. In other words, if you kill us, you'll never find it. But if you let us live, we'll give it to you. That's the kind of picture here. After a long period of siege, that probably sounded quite nice, and so he lets them live for their contribution of food. Now, casting them into the cistern, just like Jeremiah in chapter 38 was thrown into a cistern, throwing them down into a well, he's, he's stopping up a well. This is actually something that enemies would do uh, as an enemy would seek to harm their opponent, they would fill their wells so that the opponent no longer had water. So he's filling their, the well with the dead. And this is not a normal way. Um, typically, you'd fill a well with dirt or something like that. You'd stop it up that way. So this is, I don't know if I can even say extra evil, but it's certainly evil in that way. And, and so we've also not picked up on the idea. These guys came to make offerings to Yahweh. And Ishmael has killed them and taken their offerings for himself. He's at war with Nebuchadnezzar, and he's at war with Yahweh. He's off to an impressive start. I, I say that sarcastically. So we come down to verse 9, and we are told that this, this is the, the cistern that King Asa had built during his, his time of conflict with Basha, the king of Israel. So King Asa, then a, a Judean king, Basha of Israel, and those two nations were often at war with one another. They had some overlap in their years uh, around the time 900 BC and the few years after that. Uh, so that's the context for when that would have occurred. So Ishmael fills that with the dead. And then he takes the rest of the people that are at Mizpah captive. And that would include Jeremiah. It includes Zedekiah's daughters, which is an interesting note. Um, Zedekiah's sons had been taken captive by Nebuchadnezzar with Zedekiah, and they had been killed. But a daughter is not a threat to the throne. So the sons could have reigned and tried to fight back against Nebuchadnezzar, but the daughters not. They've been left by Nebuzaradan, Nebuchadnezzar's captain of the guard, into the care of Gedaliah, but now Ishmael has killed him, and he takes them captive. So he doesn't just want to be their new king. He doesn't want that at all. He takes them captive to Ammon. So Ammon is going to be across the Jordan River to the east, and really right at the northern edge of the Salt Sea. That's roughly where they'd be heading. Oddly, they end up a little north of there still, um, in the land of Gibeon is where they're going to be found. Johanan, who had warned Gedaliah that this was coming, warned Gedaliah that Ishmael was plotting to kill him because of his, his basically his alliance with the king of Ammon. That was in chapter thirty, well, chapter forty yesterday. So Johanan takes his men and all that he can find, and they go to fight against Ishmael. And what we see is no battle at all. So Ishmael doesn't have an army. He's got his ten men that are mentioned 
uh, in the first paragraph of today's text back in verse 1. And by the time that this force has met with him, in verse 15, Ishmael escapes with eight men. So he's lost a couple of his ten. Uh, he didn't have a chance, really, against this force now coming against him. And so when the people saw uh, Johanan coming, they celebrated, they rejoiced, and now they have gone back with him. However, where did they head? Verse 17, they head to Geruth Kimham. Uh, so in English, it's with a CH, but the Hebrew language doesn't have a, a CH sound like we do. So you pronounce those like a K. Kimham is actually a reference from the Old Testament to uh, a servant of a man named Barzillai. Barzillai in 2 Samuel chapter 19 was an ally, an old friend of King David of well, Israel. And in his old age did not want to go back with King David uh, to Jerusalem, but instead um, offered that he would send his servant with him so that David would have that, that connection still to a friend. And so that's his name showing up right here in verse 17. Garuth is uh, only ever seen right here in Scripture. It never appears again in the Old Testament. It appears to mean a lodging place, so the lodging place of Kimham. So the servant went back with King David and ended up with a home near Bethlehem. So David lives in Jerusalem in his palace. The servant settled down nearby. They stay there, intending to continue onward and go to Egypt because of the Chaldeans, for they were afraid of them. Now, you might ask your children why they could, why were they afraid of the Chaldeans at this point? The Chaldeans, the Babylonians, had told them that they would leave them in Judah and they would you know, be part of their kingdom. So what's the problem now? The problem now is Ishmael declared war. Ishmael has killed the leader. Ishmael has killed Chaldean soldiers. Who will Nebuchadnezzar trust? When Nebuchadnezzar hears that his leader has been defeated and, and killed and overthrown, and that some of his men are dead, and he comes to investigate the situation, it's going to be a little tricky to convince him that you're not the guy that did that. So now in this fear, they plan to keep traveling. They plan to go down to Egypt, which church tradition and history holds is where Jeremiah will die in the future. 